0: Locked On Cougars, this is your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. A lot to cover as we cover BYU football. It's going to be a BYU football-centric show today talking about uh, some of the news coming out. Kyle Ireland from ESPN 960 had a great tweet yesterday, and as I was reading a little bit about this, the comparison to the final year of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure at BYU to what Kalani Sitake appears to be entering with his fourth year at BYU. Very similar. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, John Beck was on with DJ and PK last week on the Zone Sports Network and had some interesting thoughts about Zach Wilson and the work he's doing with the sophomore gunslinger. We'll play some of those for you and talk about that. And then, of course, you've got to get to our daily countdown. Player number 92. We'll count that down for you as we get ready for the Holy War, 92 days away from today. Exciting times to be a BYU fan. Thank you guys again for downloading the show. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at the Himalaya Podcast app. We are available on all major podcast platforms, but if you're looking for a new provider, check us out, the Locked on Cougars podcast on the Himalaya. A podcast app fantastic new features clean interface and it's just an easy way to listen to your podcast each and every day and also today brought to you by our good friends at hotels.com we'll tell you about them here in a moment as well let's get going this is locked on cougars for may 29th 2019 All right, guys, I'm Jay catch your host here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I thank you guys for taking the time on this Wednesday hump day to download the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Weather here along the Wasatch Front looking great early on on Wednesday. We'll see how it holds out the rest of the week, but hopefully we're through this uh continuous cycle of rain. I was talking to some BYU football coaches the other day, and they indicated who in the world is still asking for more water to come down from heaven, and I don't know who was asking for it, but we will take it. We do live in a desert here in, in Utah, and it's been good to have all this water, but man, has it been an absolute inundation. We set a record according to Chase Thomason from KUTV yesterday, three straight months of three plus inches of rain in Utah. Absolutely spectacular. And just a PSA, if you're watering your lawn right now, don't do it. You don't need to water your lawn. It's gotten plenty of rain over the previous few weeks and months. That it'll be okay for a little bit. You don't need to water it quite yet. Anyways, let's talk BYU football. This is not a grass podcast. We don't talk about landscape management, but let's talk BYU football. And Kyle Ireland, a good friend, he works for ESPN 960 with Ben Crittle and Mitch Harper. Does some great work over there. Put out a tweet yesterday, uh, and it was it was I don't know if he did it. It was more I guess in passing almost, but he sent out a tweet that. T- Talked about uh, it, was the, it was the link to four years ago today. Athlon Sports released his 2015 BYU football preview, the last season of Cougar football under Bronco Mendenhall. And he added, how, Crazy how time flies, and it does fly we're four years on from that but that 2015 season BYU entering the season according to Athlon Sports was ranked number 49 um, in Bronco Mendenhall's 11th year with the BYU football program and it got me thinking I was looking around just kind of looking at how Athlon had ranked BYU through the years well this year entering Kalani Sitake's fourth year as BYU's head coach uh, they enter it as number 55 in Athlon's uh, rankings and that's kind of interesting to me that BYU four years on from the end of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure Kalani Satake taking over. And even with that notable dip in 2017, BYU is sitting at number 55 in the country entering the 2019 season. Uh, I won't lie. When I saw the 2017 season play out, I know there was a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of people saying that BYU football independence is a failure. They need to get back into a conference. They need a clean house. There's so many different hot takes that came out of that season. But I didn't think BYU was as bad as they did. Uh, as they showed that season, and hopefully that makes sense. I, I, It might sound like me trying to put lipstick on a pig, but the talent base for BYU that season I didn't think was that bad. Inept coaching is what I really felt like uh, held BYU back that year, and that's I know that's an indictment on Ty Detmer and the rest of the BYU offensive stat, staff that season, but Ty was in over an, in over his head, plain and simple. Kalani Satake early on that season, I remember he coming out one of the early games that season in a post-game press conference after BYU was not looking good on offense, and he said, I know what I need to fix, and I'm going to get to work on that. Little did we know that he was planning on making a change at offensive coordinator. Of course, that offseason, shortly after the season ended, Ty Detmer was let go along with all the rest of the offensive coaching staff. Jeff Grimes is hired in his stead, and I think BYU... Had a decent year, all things considered, in 2018 with Grimes being a first-time coordinator, a brand-new offensive coaching staff, and I think the arrow's pointing up entering the 2019 season. But looking at these rankings for Athlon, BYU was just six spots worse from 2015 when Bronco Mendenhall was in his 11th year, really had things rolling for BYU. Four years on in Kalani Sitake's tenure, they're six spots worse, and that 2017 debacle absolutely affected them, but I feel like Kalani Satake has righted the ship. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I feel like Kalani Satake deserves a contract extension at this at this juncture. Uh, he's going to be working on entering his final year of his deal in 2020 after this season. And most... Uh, general managers, most athletic directors will tell you if they feel like the coach is the right guy, they will not let them enter the final year of their deal without a contract extension. It's just it's almost a sign of bad faith from the from one side to the other if you just say, no, you have to prove it one more year and then we'll think about it. That causes coaches to just really have an unsteady footing, I guess is the easiest way to say it. They're not sure of their status. They're having their family in flux and I can tell you this much, knowing what I know of Kalani Satake, he deserves a contract extension. I I said, uh, this is probably a few months back now, when Nick Rolovich, the coach at Hawaii, he got his contract extension for two years after leading Hawaii to a bowl game a year ago, resurgent season for the Rainbow Warriors, and I know Hawaii's in a different spot than BYU football is in the national pantheon, but... I thought it was a common sense contract extension. You rewarded him with essentially an extra year on his deal for going to a bowl game and showing that he could get the program on the right footing. I feel like Kalani Sitake is deserving of something like that in my own mind. I think that BYU, regardless of how tough those first four games look in the 2019 season, and I know that Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, Toledo, some of the other games in the back half of that slate are still quite tough, but I have no qualms in saying that the expectation is for BYU to win seven plus games this season. I really feel like the arrow is pointed up on off on, on offense. And I feel like by the end of the year, Athlon sports going into the 2020 season, it wouldn't surprise me if everything goes according to plan. And of course, injuries could derail this. We don't know what's going to play out this season, but it wouldn't surprise me if BYU goes out and puts up a seven or eight win season. When you look at the schedule that they're playing in the 2019 season, that if they were to go into 2020 with a junior quarterback and Zach Wilson coming off another successful year, it wouldn't surprise me if you see BYU inside the top 40 or maybe even inside the top 30. They have to have a good year, and they have to go out and prove that they can play well, compete with the big boys, and show what they can do. But I feel like... BYU all things considered with that 2017 dip and it was a dip that I think that it was more of an aberration versus the hard and fast rule. I feel like BYU is on a good footing Kalani Sitake is right at the ship and here's hoping the arrow keeps pointing up in 2019 and this team continues to take off. We'll see. There's a long way to go. We haven't even gotten to fall camp. We're 92 days away. We're going to profile number 92 in our player countdown later on in today's show. But a very interesting tidbit, and I think Kyle Ireland for sending it out because it really got me thinking about it. Is BYU really on the same footing as they were at the end of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure? And I really feel like they are. I think Kalani Sitake can, can push BYU higher. I, I really do believe that. He's got an enthusiasm for this job. He loves the BYU football program. He's not actively looking for other jobs. He wants to be at BYU and he wants to have success. I'm hopeful the administration sees that. He's able to have success this year, win seven or eight games, and gets himself a nice contract extension, gets himself maybe a raise, and then carries on from there note one thing before we go here Uh, BYU will face Tennessee in the second game of the season. It's their biggest road game of the season. I know some of the other games you talk about uh, Boise, uh, not Boise, Boise comes to BYU, but games like Utah State and San Diego State are pretty big games but BYU does go to Tennessee to start this in their second game of the season after facing off against Utah and an interesting note coming out of the SEC meetings yesterday is that Volunteers Coach Jeremy Pruitt said that starting linebacker Darren Kirk Kirkland Jr. will not play for the Volunteers this season. He played 12 games as a starter a year ago uh, made 51 tackles so a big piece of the Volunteers defense going down. His career is over apparently because of injury issues mainly knee issues it appears. He made 28 career starts and that should help BYU when they face off against what should be a stingy uh, Tennessee Volunteers side on September 7th. But there you go Darren Kirkland Jr. Tennessee starting linebacker will be done playing football Ball, and we'll see what how, how it affects Tennessee. I think Tennessee is an up-and-coming team. Similar to BYU, I think Jeremy Pruitt is a good coach. And we'll see what it, what it looks like when BYU heads to Rocky Top the second game of the year. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side, catch up on some other BYU news. Uh, John Beck was on with DJ and PK. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. We had John Beck on with DJ and PK last week. He had some interesting thoughts on his work with 3DQB and BYU quarterback Zach Wilson in particular. We'll play some of those for you next. But reminder for you before we go, today's show is brought to you by our good good friends at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. And I know that the word subscription, subscribe, really makes you think, hey, this is going to cost me money. No, it doesn't cost you money. We have great sponsors here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, would love to have you guys on board as well. Email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. But this podcast is free. You listen to it each and every day. Our goal is to be keep you up to date on everything when it comes to BYU sports and that's what we do each and every day so thanks again for downloading the show please subscribe rate and review give us that five-star rating especially if you're listening on apple Podcasts. and a reminder for you when you do get in your car plug in your smart device tell it play podcast locked on cougars and that way you're always up to date when it comes to byu sports it's simple it's easy and it's very convenient i, I use it all the time when i'm driving to and from work i make about a 30 minute commute and i listen to a lot of podcasts so I, I find it's very simple to do that just plug it in and tell it tell what you want to listen to? So, plug in your smart device, tell it play podcast locked on Cougars, and stay up to date with all the latest in BYU news. John Beck was on with DJ and PK last week on the Zone Sports Network. I produced that show in my day job, and he had some great thoughts on Zach Wilson, his work with him. Of course, John works with 3D QB. It's a QB uh, training facility in Southern California. Does some great work, and Zach Wilson's been traveling down to meet with him. Uh, Zach still about three three-ish weeks away from being full go Uh, he hasn't been throwing the ball that much but all indications are that he's going to be just fine entering the season but uh, he of course he was a freshman quarterback and John Beck of course also played as a freshman for BYU and DJ asked him like hey what's it like going from being a freshman quarterback then stepping up and being a sophomore and kind of taking over the role and John Beck you'll hear his first quip is pretty good about his freshman year at BYU. How long a path is it from looking good as a freshman to really being what everybody, from the player to the coaches to the fans, want him to be?
1: Well, I don't know what it is like to look good as a freshman. I know what it's like to play as a freshman, <laughs> but my experience as a freshman was much different from uh, Zach's experience as a freshman. But, I mean, but I will tell you this. I know what it's like to go into your sophomore year having had some games under your belt um, you know, I didn't get to play in as many games as Zach did or finish quite the way that he did. I'm sure he has just got a ton of confidence going to this year. But when you play that freshman year, um you know, and I think the experience that freshmen have nowadays, I think they're 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 better prepared on the type of offense that they have going into college. But I just remember a feeling of like, okay, I've done this before. Like I've played in games. There's so many things now that aren't first times, right? Like Zach's played in the Holy War. There's no more first time ever playing in it. Zach's played in a bowl game. Zach's played, he's played on the road. He's had to be behind in games at home. He's been ahead in home. He's been in all these situations in the position he's going to be in this next year. So there's that bit of confidence you have like, okay, I've been here. I've done it. And now I'm progressing. And I think during that sophomore year, you, you still have to go through growing pains because you're still a young player. But if you have the right mindset and you kind of recognize, look, all these growing pains that I go through, they are going to benefit me so much for every game that's in front of me. And there's a lot of football in front of me. I think that's where the good part happens during that sophomore year. I anticipate him having some really good games. And I also anticipate probably having some drives or some series where, hey, yeah, that's I'm still learning how to be a really, really good quarterback.
0: There you go, John Beck. and. <laughs> He said, you heard him say it. I don't know what it is to look like look good as a freshman. That made me chuckle, and it's kind of true. He had a rough go his freshman year in the final days of Gary Croton's tenure at BYU, but... Uh, of course, John went on to have some incredible high heights. Uh, of course, winning the Holy War in 2006 for BYU on that final play to Johnny Harleen. Well, he talked later on in this interview about uh, what he's doing to work with Zach Wilson. You'll hear DJ ask that question about working with him in particular. If he's working more on mental stuff versus the physical because of Zach Wilson's shoulder surgery. And they also hear PK with the next question talking about scheming for Zach Wilson because now that he's got five or six games. Maybe seven games at this point of film on him. Teams have been spending all offseason, I'm sure, watching film of Wilson. It's the time of year that teams really scheme for op- opponents in the upcoming season, do some advanced film work. So Zach Wilson's going to have plenty of film on him. Teams are going to be scheming for what he does well. And here's what John be- and you'll hear John Beck also in that answering that second question: what it's like to know that you are the man and being schemed against by the opposition. When you're working with him in the summer, are you working more on physical stuff, mechanics, footwork, you know, arm, all the, you know, the arm's got to be in the right slot, blah, blah, blah. Or are you working with him on more mental and scheme stuff, reads, how to, how to help throw guys open and all that kind of stuff?
1: No, we stay away from the reads. That's something that is taken you know, care of with their coordinators and their quarterback coaches. Basically look at it this way. Once they've made the decision to throw the ball, that's where we step in. It's it's the patterns of movement that they're using to deliver the football. It's the efficiency at which their body is working. So on the physical side, we make sure that their body is trained in a way and can perform in a way to do the movements that they need to do to be most efficient. And then when they're doing those movements, is their brain to body, is that – are those links working how they're supposed to be, and are they able to do that repeatedly? Like, Because you have to be able to repeat it. And to do something repeatedly, especially in the chaos of quarterback, it's really hard. So you have to fine-tune all of those things, and you have to be very deliberate when you practice. So to have a set of eyes watching all of those movements and building those patterns, that's us. So this will be a little bit different. In the past, when I worked with Zach, we weren't ever having to kind of, come off of a surgery or something like that. So this year's going to be a little different because we need to find out where he's at. We also need to be wise with what we do and manage things the right way because what we don't want to do is we don't want to try to you know, push him at the beginning of July when it's not about having him ready for July. It's about having him ready for week one, for the season. So that's where it's going to be a little different. But everything is about the mechanics, the patterns, and the efficiency of the movements to throw the football.
0: How much did you find, John, when you played that in the beginning maybe people didn't know that much about you, but as you progressed, teams had film on you, so they were literally scheming to take away what you do best, and what kind of challenge is that going to face for a kid like Zach?
1: Well, I think everybody, when defensive teams are playing against established players that have a lot of tape on them, They, you know, it's easy to see, okay, what's this team doing? What is this guy good at? You know, a lot of people try to take the Bill Belichick approach, which I think is the best approach in football defensively. It's how are you beating people? What's the main ways that you're winning? And we're going to do everything we can to stop that. And we're going to make you beat us with what you usually don't beat people with. And, you know, that's what teams are going to do, right? Zach still is a young player. I think there's still a lot for Zach to show. The great thing about him is he's an exceptional athlete. He's really, really hungry when it comes to football. So he's going to be able to adapt. I think that's what separates the really, really good quarterbacks. When I look at especially the guys in the NFL, they have a, like enough experience, enough knowledge, and they have the ability to adapt week to week and within games. So the way that a guy like Drew Brees is beating you, you can find some similar patterns week to week, but you're also going to find these little nuances. And that's the game plan that Sean Payton put together and. You know, BYU is going to have to do that a little bit. They they adapted a little bit last year when they turned over to Zach, and they kind of said, okay, we're going to play a few games one way, and then we're going to kind of try to adapt some things to him. What's going to happen is he's going to hit his stride for a couple of games, and things are going to look good. And then all of a sudden a team is going to come out, and they're going to do everything they can to stop that. And this is where his growth and maturation happened. I remember a game my sophomore year. I'd come out of a few good games as a player, and I went into this game against the University of Wyoming, and they weren't supposed to be anything special. They were just an okay team, but I felt really good about where I was at as a player, and I wanted to take that next step in preparation. So I really prepared as best I could, and I felt great going in. I was fully prepared to face everything that this team has shown on tape, and I had answers for all the things that we were gonna do offensively for what I saw them do defensively. Well, all of a sudden, we get into the game, and they did everything but what I had prepared for on tape, and I did not play a great game. Partially because this was a learning experience for me, like you always have to have in your back pocket the ability to adapt if the defense gives you something that you are not totally prepared for. And that's where experience comes into play. And we'll probably see that a little bit here or there. And, you know, really it's, it, it's Zach's maturation process that's going to really help with that. It's how adaptable can he be and the growth within that adaptability, how quickly does it happen?
0: There you go, John Beck. On with DJ and PK, David James and Patrick Kinahan on the Zone Sports Network. Thank, thank them for letting me download that audio. And I guess I should thank myself because I do work on that show. But good to hear from John Beck, one of the most bright minds when it comes to quarterbacking. There's, there's no doubt that he is doing some great work. He's worked with a lot of NFL QBs. He's working with guys like Zach Wilson down there in Southern California, and I think it's going to be beneficial for Zach this year to have worked with a guy who understands the rigors of being the guy in Provo because John Beck. Grew Grew up a BYU fan, wanted to be the guy, went to Mason Mountain View High School down there in Arizona, uh, became a BYU Cougar and then went out and had just a spectacular senior year. So I think it's awesome to have a mentor like that. That can Zach Wilson can turn to and understand hey, this is what it's like to be the guy at BYU, I've been through it, speaking of John Beck, and he can really help kind of guide him through some of the ups and downs, and I think it's awesome to hear, so thanks again to John Beck for taking the time Alright, we will come back on the other side Day number 92 in our player countdown and we're talking about a big big athlete, and a position move potentially for him. A walk-on number 92, Braden Kime. We'll introduce you to the freshman from Sandy, Utah and Alta High School next as we wrap up today's edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Before we do that though, reminder for you guys, we are available on all major podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, but most importantly, our proud partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the Himalaya Podcast app. It's free, it's super easy to use as every single podcast you'd love or be searching for they build personally curated playlists made just for you or by expert podcast tastemakers they also have collections of shows to help with podcast discovery if you're interested in a certain topic they can help you discover new podcasts that relate to the ones you're already listening to so check it out guys locked on cougars the locked on podcast network on the himalaya podcast app and one of my favorite parts about this you actually can just like an individual episode if there's an episode of the podcast you like more than others you don't necessarily have to like the whole podcast series you can give a thumbs up to one particular podcast and i think that's a fantastic feature so check us out the locked on cougars podcast on the himalaya podcast app a reminder for you once again when you get in your car plug in your smart device and tell it play podcast locked on cougars more and a moment, this is the Locked on Cougars podcast. Alright, as we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to join us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. I'm Jay Catch. If you're new to the show, our goal is to be your daily podcast that covers all things BYU news. And a programming note for you starting next week, we'll be dropping down to three podcasts a week, most likely a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format. And we'll do what we did similar to last weekend, though, on the days we don't have a full podcast. I'll do a player profiles We continue our countdown to BYU football season. So. You won't necessarily be without a podcast every day. It just won't be a full 20 to 30-minute podcast, more of a five-minute in the off days. But if there are days we need to do another full podcast, I will hop on and I'll knock it out. I love doing this podcast. It is a blast to do each and every day. So I thank you guys for your continued patronage of the show, and I thank you guys once again for your support. If you want to follow the show on social media, please, please do so. Check us out on, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Locked on Cougars is the handle for all three of those. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to hear from you there. My DMs on both of the Twitter accounts are open, so feel free to drop us a note there. Or you can email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We're always looking for great new sponsors. If you'd like to be a part of this, getting in front of thousands of BYU fans each and every month, nationwide, worldwide. Email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We've got great rates. We'd love to represent your company or your brand or your product, whatever you have. So let us know. Alright, day number 92 in our countdown for BYU football and number 92 is Brayden Kime, a tight end from Sandy, Utah, Alta High School. He is a freshman. I was talking to some people down there recently and it sounds like Brayden Kime. and I wondered this watching him in spring ball. At six foot nine, he is an absolute giant on the football field. We're talking every bit of 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, We're talking Corbin Kafusi Heights, uh, not necessarily the same type of athlete that Corbin Kafusi was, so I really looked at him and said, why don't they bulk him up and play offensive tackle? And according to what i people I've talked to, it sounds like Braden Kime will bulk up, who's gonna spend this offseason putting on some weight, and he's gonna move into offensive tackle, and I think that's a great move. A six foot-9, 260-pound frame that you can add 30 to 40 to 50 pounds on, and being an athlete who did move quite well considering his size at tight end during spring ball and the limited spurts the media was able to watch, I think Braden Kime could be one of those diamonds in the rough if you can really polish him up and make him a serviceable offensive lineman. I think it'd be a great move. Uh, At at his height, he's most likely going to have to play offensive tackle. You're not going to move him to the interior of the offensive line. I don't think he has the bend or the ability to get down low enough to get the leverage as an interior offensive lineman, but Six nine that's a long frame that can really uh push guys wide get wide berths around a quarterback and Braden Keim, I know that he played for Alta High School, and guys like Riley Jensen are the coaches up there at Alta, and they make sure guys coming out of that program are good football players, plain and simple. They do a great job developing guys, regardless of position, whether you're a quarterback or running back, an offensive lineman. In this case, Braden Keim, a tight end. They're good, well-rounded football players. They understand the game of football. They're very sound in their technique. And I think that Braden Keim, move to the offensive line, which, number 92 won't work. He'll have to move into the 50s, 60s, or 70s Number was wise, but we're going off BYU's final spring roster. So today's highlight, Braden Kime, tight end slash offensive tackle for the BYU football program. Freshman is going to be spending this offseason really learning some of the nuances of offensive line play, it sounds like, working in the trenches. And I think it's going to be an exciting time to see what happens with him. I think Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes, they've proven they can make guys into serviceable offensive linemen in short order. You look back to Keanu Saliapaga a year ago, a guy who I know coaches down there feel like Saliapaga, despite not being a starter most likely this year, very much is in the mix to be an NFL guy down the road, they feel like it. They really feel like he's got the ability. So if they feel like Braden Kime can be a guy that can come out and be an offensive lineman and be serviceable at that position, I'm going to trust him. Alright, there you go. Number 92 in our countdown. We'll continue our countdown every day as we get closer to the Holy War. Almost to 90 days. It's absolutely crazy. It's flying along but it's going to be here before you know it. BYU BYU, in Utah kicking off the season uh, August 29th, September, not September 29th, August 29th at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Alright, thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Today's show brought to you by Hotels.com. Thank them for continuing to sponsor the Locked On Cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. And a reminder for you to check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app, as well as all the other major podcast platforms. More for you tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked on Cougars for May 29th, 2019.